Welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Good morning and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live just outside of Seattle. And one of my favorite things to do is interview other people who I believe are on the leading edge of thought. And today is one of those days, you know, it's almost, well, it really is eclipse season. We are days away from having two of our last eclipses in 2023, and they are significant, especially after the huge full moon that we just had, which I think was in Aries, but we'll find out from our beautiful, wonderful, talented astrologer. We have Karen Crawford on the show today. As you may remember, Karen uh, is a physician. She's an ER doctor and she graduated from, so sorry, I'm reading my notes and I'm sorry, Karen, I should have my glasses right here. (laughs) The University School of Medicine um, in Indiana. And so she was an uh, emergency ER doctor, even during the pandemic, you know, like, like that's a really big deal to work in the ER during a pandemic. Like who, I mean, we'll talk to Karen about it because like, that's really stressful and scary and interesting. You know, all of those things are super interesting. So Karen, welcome to the show. We're so happy you're here. You're now a full-time astrologer and you love astrology and you love working on your gifts and your talents and being in bliss and taking courses. Although I don't think you need any more courses, but I'm so glad that you take them anyway. You know, like that's cool. So welcome to the show. And and remind us again, what was it like to be, I mean, you were you're a physician for 17 years. What was it like to be a doctor during the pandemic? I mean, you're getting all the people who are, you know, not doing well, who might have COVID. And of course, that would be a lot of people during the height of COVID coming into the ER and presenting with symptoms and need to be vented, put on ventilators. I mean, what was it like? Oh my gosh. Um, Well, thank you for having me back. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Um, So it was really chaotic. And um, I remember when the pandemic first started, um, we had a practice near college. And this woman who was like, you know, 19 or 20, she came in, her pulse ox was like 82%. should be like 93 to 100%, right? And she just felt a little sick, but not that bad. And when you normally see a pulse ox of 82%, your panties are in a knot, right? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's like, very scary <laughs> for people who don't, haven't been in medicine. Like I, I would probably be almost calling a code yeah. as a charge nurse. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, where's the code team? Where's the crash card? Because something could happen here. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing we had to get our heads around was what was this disease? like? how did it work? What was functioning? And so it was like drinking from a fire hydrant, trying to like read like ideas and studies they were trying to come out with and the pathophysiology. Cause basically what's your symptom of COVID? Like when you watch those drug commercials and the guy's like for 45 minutes, it could cause nausea, da, 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 like all those things for the drug. It was like everything like that for COVID. It's like pretty yeah. much everything, you know, but yeah. the, the, the one thing was like the sense of smell. Like if somebody lost their sense of smell, I'm like, okay, you totally have COVID, right? I mean, like it's so <laughs> rare to have like, you know, so for like however long or whatever. So, but it was, it was, it was complicated. It was difficult. Um, and well, that little tiny lull we had when they said, stay home to save lives, that was really strange. Because like, what happened to all the heart attacks? What happened to the appendectomies? You know, like it was like weird. Oh my gosh! Because people probably were still having those things, but they would <laughs> maybe go to the hospital, right? Yes, yes. But then <clears throat> on the other hand, and a lot of people were worried, like especially the elderly. They're like, okay, I'm in that risk population. I don't want to go. But on the other hand, it was kind of nice not to have like the hangnails and like you know the, <laughs> kind of the little things that I actually had a client who had had like a mole or something removed. She lived in New York and the sutures were, they needed to be taken out like a week prior. So I'm on the phone trying to help her husband take out these sutures and we weren't even on Zoom. It was not successful. Luckily she found a friend who was like a vet who would come in the back door during COVID (laughs) and get these sutures out. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. I mean, I think people had to improvise, you know, and like, they had to take care of each other. Communities came together, you know, when somebody was sick, people would bring them food and drop it on their doorsteps, you know? So I think there's so many pluses and minuses to everything, but the more that we can move into the positives. Oh, hi, Charles. Yeah, he's so excited that you're here. He brought his new favorite toy over here. He just, he, he knows Karen and loves her. So when he heard your voice, he's like, where is he? Where's Karen? Where is she? Where is she? So I knew you during that time and, and you were contemplating leaving medicine, you know, and then I think COVID just made it clear, like, yep, I'm done. I, I'm done. That was enough. But I mean, I thank you so much for being there for COVID and taking care of all of those patients and your community and your family. And thank you for surviving through that time period. So you can now be an astrologer, which is very exciting. Yeah. So right. So we're having two eclipses, one on the 14th, one on the 28th. I know the first one is in Libra. Mm-hmm. Correct. What's the second eclipse in Taurus? Um, so the second eclipse is, is in Taurus because the node, the south node, is in Aries. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the south node. I'm sorry. This, so actually, so let's let's go. Uh, this yeah, way. go go so, right ahead, please. Yeah. So so the new moon coming up is an annular eclipse. Okay, and so it's by the south node in Libra. So that's why, because both the sun and the moon are in Libra. And so that's why it's uh, called the new moon solar eclipse, because what happens is you have the sun and the moon's going to move in front of it and cast a shadow on the earth. And it's a very small shadow when you consider the shadow the earth, you know, has from what it casts a shadow onto the moon, right? So lunar eclipses are longer. They're not as dramatic. We're probably all like sleeping, whatever. But the solar eclipses really, really get our attention. And the ancient Babylonians figured this out. And like, how do they know this when the word, like we didn't even know the earth was round at that time or anything. (laughs) They like figured this out. And so it's really cool because eclipses come in series. There's like a family. And so they're born at the North Pole and the South Pole. And so at any point in time, you might have like 40 eclipses moving over the earth like this. So the North go as a partial eclipse to like a total eclipse near the equator and then back to a partial. And the South do the same pattern. So they're kind of trickling back and forth across each other. And they kind of go in these like little swirls over the earth. And so the one that's going to happen on the 14th. Um, this weekend. This weekend is in two days. Yeah. yeah. And you're absolutely right, by the way, real quick. The eclipse season really kind of starts with that last full moon in Aries. So the full moon before that new moon is usually when the eclipse season kind of opens, like the portal starts to open. Then you're like really in it for those two weeks. And then the last two weeks are kind of like the closure. But some people say effects can last for three months, nine months, 27 yes, months. Like that's what like I've heard. So many opinions out there. So I say, right. see what works for you kind of thing. So, so this particular eclipse. So when these eclipses are born, there's like a chart for it. Like, you know, when you're born, you have your natal chart. There's like an eclipse chart. And so this is Sarah, C- Sarah Series 7S. And so the original one was kind of about like, if you had like really big obstacles in your life, they could just suddenly move. Or if you have like a big, like crazy thing that happens to you, it'll shift quickly because Pluto and Mars, we just had the Pluto Mars square earlier this week. And that's, I mean, look what's going on in the world, right? Like, I know it's so funny because I, I love watching astrologers on YouTube and everybody said, something's going to happen with this Pluto Mars square. And I'm like, what could possibly happen? Everything was (laughs) happened, you know, but here we are, you know, with more happenings that are you know, very sad and, you know, yeah, just challenging for our, for humanity, you know, just absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think so, you know, um, so this, so that there was already like a lot of power and then we kind of see the echoed in that family. So history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it often rhymes. That's something that, you know, Richard Tarnas said. So, so don't be surprised at this, in this eclipse season, if something like you know, you've been really working on forever. Like, isn't this ever going to shift? It goes wow. or something really crazy or, you know, something like really pops into your field you weren't expecting. It's going to have a lot of power and shift through. So, so very, very powerful. I totally agree with you. Like it's, it's, it's huge. Right. And so, and so when we look, there's a really great website, it's NASA eclipse, and you can put like 2023 in or whatever year you want to search. And it shows you the path of the eclipse and the amount of totality. So this one's going to start um, Eugene, Oregon's kind of like the biggest. Really? Yeah. Oh, I should so jump like, in the car and drive to Eugene. Yeah. Go on the coast, Marie. Go to like the coast. Huh. Like, go to 
um, what's that place? Castle Rock? No, no. What's it? Haystack Rock? Yeah, Haystack coast? Rock. Yeah, on the coast. Yeah, yeah. you should go yeah, there. Great. Oh my God. Ah, interesting. I could, I could just, you know, throw Charles in the car and go hang out at the beach for the weekend. That sounds like a great yeah. idea. Wow. Wow. But oh, the other thing too is, so you'll be between 90 and 80% where you live. So oh, like, you're wow. not that far from totality. Okay. So like they have like a band. So it's like this, this path of the, of the annular eclipse. So it goes from, from Oregon down towards Texas, then it hits Central America and then goes through um, South America. What's really interesting is that the eclipse in April of 2024, is gonna come down like an opposite swath. So I'm in the totality in Ohio. Ohio! Ooh! It's like Ohio's <laughs> never for anything. We're actually in the middle of that total solar eclipse. I'm so pumped. But there's like, there's like it's like a crisscross of the United States. And I don't know if any of your listeners are in Kerrville, Texas, but that's like, that area will be like in the crisscross. So I'm like, oh, cool. They get to experience both eclipses. Solar eclipses. That's incredible. That is so incredible. And that's why you had in, in you know, your beautiful part of the world, people dropping off food because you're in the Midwest. Everyone's nice in the Midwest. You know, <laughs> where New Yorkers were like terrified, bombarded in their apartments you know, didn't want to share the stairs because they were too afraid to take the elevators up and down and be locked in an elevator with their pooches. And I've heard so many stories, but yeah, the, the Midwest was like, oh, who needs food? You know, who needs, who oh. needs stuff? We'll just go drop it off for everybody. <laughs> how, how precious was that during the pandemic? Okay. So, so eclipses to me are always wild card yes. like, like even how you described it like if you've been working really hard on something I think that's a wonderful message because some of us work really hard on stuff for long periods of time we're devoted you know we put in our whole heart and soul into things and so then to have something just radically shift so yeah. quickly and so fast like all your hard work pays off wow so who is that mostly going to affect or is it affecting everyone in all the astrology yeah, so I feel like, so if you're in the path of the eclipse, it could affect oh, So just being in the path of it, mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter what your sign is or anything like that. I Because I feel like it, because you're, you're getting the energy. So I think that definitely has an effect. And then doubly so if you have, we're talking about cardinal placements because we have Aries and Libra. So if you're, if you have important planets like your sun, moon, your rising, um, in Aries, um, Cancer, Li Libra, and then Capricorn. Those are the energies, the cardinal signs, because we just had the Taurus Scorpio. Those are more fixed signs. And so cardinal energy is more like, let's get it started. Let's do something. Let's have ideas, right? And then the fixed um, energies are more like, they don't really love change, but once they do change, they're amazing. They anchor the world. They root the world in. Um, they're survivors. And then the mutable signs, um, they're kind of more like the editors, the, the transitions, like they kind of go with the flow kind of a thing. So people have a lot of cardinal energy or, you know, important planets in those areas will definitely feel. And for me, I have a nodal, uh, I have a nodal opposition. So my, my nodes are in Aries and Libra. I've got a crap ton of stuff in Aries, right? <laughs> you know, we got this Aries thing going on. Right. So. So yeah, I think I'm going to definitely feel it, but even more so than one coming up this spring. So, but you just blew my mind because it's, it's, I never have heard this before that where the eclipse is positioning itself on the planet yeah. is affecting everyone in its wake. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. So, so if you have some of those cardinal signs, of course, you're going to be affected and everyone to some degree has some sort of effect from an eclipse, right? Like, right. 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 But, oh my gosh, what if you have those cardinal signs and you live in any of those regions? Oh yeah. my, that's, yeah. that is brand new information for me. I never knew anything about that, which will make me want to pay attention to the path of future eclipses. Where are they shining their light? Because that could massively affect the people who live in that region. That's so interesting. If you think about it, like, let's say you're 40 years old, you've lived through like 80 eclipses because there's like two a year. So that's, so not every single one is going to be as big of a deal for you because sometimes they're like over the Pacific ocean or maybe they're in Europe or something. Right. But, but if you, if you can kind of look ahead and see, okay, wow, like this is over my mercury or holy cow, over my sun and my moon. Like, I mean, it just, I think and the other thing is too, is like our expectation. So I kind of feel like eclipses are just this pause. We get, we get this luxury. It's like, you know, the emergency broadcast test we had, like yeah. everyone just stopped what they were doing. It's like, it's like when you're swimming at the local pool and they blow their whistle, everybody gets out of the pool. It's a chance to just take that pause, 
let the water still take a look around and it's like we have this ability to shift in a moment so if you talk about manifestation right like this is one of the things you just are so good at is is allowing ourselves to choose what we want to do feeling what we want to feel so i feel like the eclipse season is and so we're talking about relationships right aries libra is always about right and, and they're the opposites right yes. so, right so it, it is all about relating yes and, and, and then yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, Karen. No, go ahead. I was, so after we finish this one on the 14th, then we're going to move into the Taurus eclipse on the 28th. And this will be the last of the family. I love your language of the Taurus eclipse that we've been experiencing for about two years, right? So, so the nodes, the nodes are in, they shifted in like July to Aries and Libra, but because like the, the nodes are still kind of late degree, we can still kind of touch the sign next to it. So that's why, so with, with the, um, the Taurus, so the moon is at five degrees Taurus, which is near enough to the North node in Aries. Oh. So that's why it's a little bit confusing. Cause like, well, I thought it was going to be Libra and Aries. So yes, mostly, but because of where that, because it depends on whether it's South node or North node it's contacting and the lunar eclipse to look at where the moon is. So the moon will be um, at five degrees Taurus opposite the sun at five degrees Scorpio next to that North node in Aries. Right. Wow. Okay. So, but, wow. but similar, similar themes, you know, it's, and it's, and so you're right. So that Taurus signs talks about that stability, that reliability, you know, um, providing resources, you know, peace, calmness. So, Ooh, so that could help us. That could oh, really, for sure. because one of the things I was pleasantly surprised at with this, you know, uh, Mars, um, connection that we had that create that helped to create a war, you know, that in Israel is I was really pleasantly surprised that all of a sudden Israel is considering not having a two state government, you know, like, like working, collaborating with the Palestinians, that to me would go a long, long way for future, you know, problems. Like I didn't realize how many people within the Gaza had bomb shelters connected oh, wow. to their homes, you know, like, like, so I know it's been problematic and difficult and I'm sure it's extremely complicated, but I love that, hmm, you know, if, if they're talking about having shared cabinets and shared governments and maybe getting, you know, lessening the, the uh, placement of the Palestinians so that there can be more back and forth and really focus on the terrorist activity, you know, mm. that's, that's a win-win. And so if this eclipse moves into this place where peace and stability, cause that's what Taurus is, right? It's a yeah, yeah. peaceful, stable, um, type of, uh, sign that could go a long way with some of the new, hopefully progressive thoughts that could hopefully stabilize that region and maybe help other Middle Eastern countries move into more stability as well. That would be amazing. Like, but that really gives me hope and makes me very excited about that eclipse on the 28th that's really exciting yeah and i think you bring up a great point about like the harmony and the stability because venus is venus rules taurus and venus is also that south node ruler with with that being a libra so um so venus is the peacemaker it's the diplomat right so the highest level of that venus is alliance and collaboration and having beauty everywhere she walks and and seeing the beauty in each other right and, and so, so that's why, you know, that whole, I love astrology because for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction feel. So, you know, we have Aries who like low road is kind of bossy, selfish, my way or the highway, like <laughs> yes, happen. follow me if you can keep up, right? I strive to be that part of my sign because I'm too next. <laughs> you know, so I strive to be like, I, when I get my big girl pants on, I'm like, oh, thank you. Goodness. Cause I can be nice. Like give me more Aries energy, please. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, had I interrupted you, please go ahead. Oh no, no, that's okay. Because, um, so, so, you know, that, that Aries energy can be very decision oriented and like, this is the way it's going to happen. And I'm going to go in and run in that burning building when nobody else is, because I can be a hero, <laughs> you know, like I need a hero. And, and then, you know, you've got this. And so then you have the Libra opposite who's like, I'm not making decisions until everybody's heard and they can seem like they can't quite land on something or commit to something, but it's like, they're going through all these things in their head and just want to keep the peace and have everybody get along kind of right. way. So they right. say that, um, a Libra is basically an Aries who went to charm school. It's like <laughs> got this iron fist with this beautiful velvety glove on, you know, that's so, hysterical. 
so for, for leaders, so like this is the relationship axis of, okay, well, how can we assert what a country needs, but still find peace and harmony and coexist together in a way that can show other people how to do this. So as we do this in the microcosms of our own communities, I feel like that goes throughout the universe to like, you know what I mean? Because it's like everything that we do on a small scale to help with that harmony and beauty can just kind of somehow percolate out to everything else, don't you think? Agreed. And I'm, I'm just so very hopeful, you know, with your words about, you know, the eclipses in general, but of course, this last eclipse that's coming up in for the year anyway, at the end of October, and that just warms my heart, you know, because I think we're ready to experience more peace, like, you know, like the traumas and the dramas of war and poverty and all of these things are exhausting, you know, and, and we're not even in it, you know, we're so uh, fortunate to not be in it. So I can't even imagine what it's like to experience those things on a regular basis. You know, like it's, it's just disheartening. So I'm, I'm very ha happy and hopeful for some positive change, you know, hopefully worldwide, but any part of the world would be um, incredible. So what, what do you do to prepare for eclipses? Do you, cause I have a thing that I kind of do. So, so what do you do or what do you recommend for eclipses? You know, do you have yeah, so so the first thing I prepare is I just look at okay what's happening in my chart where is it affecting me and then I keep my eyes and my ears open so like it's kind of like this gentle scanning that you can do and if something snags me I'm like oh I need to write that down because it's going to make sense to me later kind of a thing yeah. and um and so for example like so for me for this one um it's kind of affecting like my self-expression and then like how I work with groups. So maybe there's going to be an opportunity for me to um, be involved in my community in some way where I'm talking about something and, oh, hey, I'm on the show with you. Isn't that amazing, hey. right? You know, it's like, so kind of just having this idea in the back of my mind of what areas of my life might be affected um, and then just kind of going with the flow in a way. So if I'm being asked to step out of my comfort zone, that North Node and Aries can do that. It wants you to step into your courage. It wants you to be assertive. It wants you to say what you need in a relationship, you know, um, then I'm going to do that. It's an invitation to me. So so that South Node, um, it's like that karmic habit we come into life with. It's an emotional memory from previous lives we lived. I've learned from Stephen Forrest. And so that that South Node in Libra is kind of like a polite dishonesty. Are you like smiling on the outside when you're frowning on the inside? You know, are you are you paying too much for peace in your relationships? You know, do you need to speak up about something and say the truth, even if it's like warty and nasty, right? Because Aries can Aries has this energy where like like if you're like in a bomb shelter together, I mean, you're like bonding, you know, I mean, you're like, it's like life or death, right? And it's like, you conquer your fear. And so it's kind of like inviting you that you might hurt people's feelings. It would never be intentional, but like, but if we don't advocate for ourselves or step into our agency, we can kind of let our life go by and people don't even know who we are at our core because we filter too much or stuff like that. So I think that's a problem with humanity in general. You know, we're a lot of people don't know who they are. They can't express who they are and their friends and family, people who really love them, don't even know them. And it can be kind of shocking and surprising when you finally let yourself out and <laughs> your people go, what? I didn't know that about you. What, what do you mean it? You know, I've certainly had those experiences in my life where I finally share who I am, which I have no problem being direct at work, but in my personal life, it's a little bit more shocking. So so I definitely agree with keeping your ears and eyes open. Uh, that's what I do before an eclipse, especially the day of the eclipse, you know, like I am paying attention to everything, but of course weeks before is, and I even at some point get in my car cause I like to drive, go get my favorite, you know, something, go sit by the water somewhere and just let the universe communicate to me. I just really open up. I don't care about what the topic will be. I try not to control the conversation or let it go in any direction. I just want to absorb the knowledge that is presented to us because eclipses shine light into the darkness. And that's yes. a stuff that we're avoiding. We're not paying attention to that. And there's solutions and answers that we're going to be thrilled about and happy about if we implement them, but even knowing what they are in case you're afraid to implement them could go a long way over the next couple of years of helping you to change and move and progress towards what the magical world is communicating to you. It is a profound moment in time. 
It's a game changer, like you said. You know, people can have a complete shift in consciousness. And when you have that moment, once the eclipse is over with, that door closed permanently behind you. Like it's, it's that that wishy washy. Well, yeah, we'll hear what you have to say. That wishy washy <laughs> place kind of disappears. Like you, like it's done. Like it's it's over with. That's also one of the reasons why we can have mass exodus of of souls leave during eclipses because there's so many gateways that are open. And so we can have, you know, accidents or in, in a warring type of situations occurring, or, uh, you know, a plane could go down uh, during an eclipse time because souls who want to leave their bodies, all these gateways are open and they can fly to the other side rather quickly. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I always think that it's permanent, but I, for those of you who can't see us on video, cause most people are listening to our show. Only a small percentage are actually watching us on YouTube. I can see your slight hesitation about the permanence remark that I made. So could you comment on that? Only because, um, so we know talk about like the Sarah series going like North to South transitioning every 18 years, that family member will pop up again. So I kind of feel like permanently might be too strong of a word. I mean, like in that moment, the way the sky is and your chart is in that moment for sure. But I think we get a second chance, third chance, depending on how long you live, because every 18 years, you're going to kind of get a similar feel for that eclipse. So it's kind of like, let's say, let's say you're like, you know, 65 right now. You're like, gosh, darn it. I just heard of all this stuff. I, you know, I feel like I'm behind the eight ball. You're not right because you can even look back in your life look back 18 years what was going on then or back nine years or all these different ways you can slice and dice an eclipse season and stuff like that so i kind of feel like you're right you're right that that particular moment in time but that's all we have is the moments in time right and so if we treat each moment as a teacher what am i hearing this karmic moment to like because eclipses are so karmic right they're so powerful so so in, I think with you creating space the way you do, I think it's like number one, two, and three. So whether that's making an altar for yourself or, you know, maybe maybe writing down some intentions and then like burning them or, you know, whatever you resonate with for, for how you, you know, have that ritual of I'm here, but I think driving in your car and just yeah, sitting makes in the water happy. is yeah. like perfect. Yeah. And just listening to the moon. So I, I love what you said. I, I agree with you. I completely agree with you because I can tell I, I'm, I've been looking at things from like eight years ago. There's some sort of interesting eight year thing going on. I don't know what it is because I'm not an astrologer. I'm just like a person who loves astrology. And I noticed a theme that recreated and I was kind of aware that that was happening and the circumstances were slightly different, but I still knew what the theme was and I needed to step in that theme more consciously versus stumbling into it and having to then... You know, like, so I, I like that idea, like, like you'll have other opportunities to reevaluate or to gain whatever relationship you want to have with yourself. That's more meaningful and fulfilling and effective in your life. So, so that's really lovely. It's really lovely. Astrology is it's layered in, you know, it's not just a one and done ever, which is so forgiving. And I'm so grateful, right? Because it's like, how many times did I hit over the head where, you know, instead of a two by four, I needed like a six by one hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's nice that we have that redundancy. And then we also have like these little waves, like, like these, these waves of transits and things happening in our chart where it starts to summate. You get this coherent thing where it's like, oh, and like this whole new thing can get born into somebody's life by looking at all the different things that are like culminating and feeding into each other to create this brand new experience for someone. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So we're going to take a break here on the Marie Manuchari show. We're going to come back with Karen. Do you, do you want to help me answer questions? Do you have time to hang out? I would out? love to. Okay, great. So we're going to take a break here on the Marie Manuchari show. If you're in line to get your questions answered, make sure you know what your sign is. And if you happen to know your rising sign, that's the most important part. I think, um, you know, in, in my mind, like uh, I'm not an astrologer again, but if, if you know your rising sign, that means that you're, they can look at your chart more accurately. So um, we'll take a little break. We'll be right back for more with Karen Crawford. Join me, Marie Manucheri, for a two-day in-person workshop about self-love. Allow yourself to take a deep dive into the essence of self-love. Self-love is the highest energy one can embrace while living in a physical reality like Earth. Its vibration, once held within your human energy system, can radically change your world for the better. 
Self-love is an experience, not a thought. Its existence in your body, energy system, and spirit will attract incredible outcomes by naturally upgrading every area of your human experience. Join me Saturday, October 28th and Sunday, October 29th for this beautiful two-day in-person workshop. Lunch is included. It's at The Lodge at St. Edward's Park, just outside of Seattle in Kenmore, Washington. To learn more, go to energyintuitive.com. And welcome back to the Rain Man Your Chair Show. We are live here just outside of Seattle. We have Karen Crawford from Indiana, a retired ER doctor, retired young in her career and life um, after you know, having some awarenesses and realizations that she would love to help people through metaphysics and intuition and consciousness and astrology. And I'm so grateful. I remember our first conversation, I think you had a session with me and I'm like, you have to quit your job. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know, like what? Um, but, and you did eventually, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. So welcome to the show. Thank you for helping us with eclipses. We're going to now take callers who've been patiently waiting as we've chatted about all kinds of fun things and learned that Texas is really lucky right now. And I'm actually thinking, uh, I was graciously interviewed on Alex Ferrari's show yesterday and uh, he lives in Texas. So I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, he's so lucky. He's so, he's a great human being. So he's so lucky to be affected by these eclipses. And we'll let you know when that um, interview is released. It will be, you know, 68 weeks from now, approximately. Okay. So uh, let's go on to the phone lines. Yeah, we'll do that. And what also do our callers need information wise, uh, Karen? Oh, if, if, they, if they know there's sun, moon, and rising, okay. that'd be awesome. Okay. So just a little extra if they need. Okay. And now we'll take uh, Myra calling in from Bellevue. Hi, Myra. Hi, good morning. Good morning. What can we do for you? Well, I'd like to know um, where my life is going with this eclipse. So my Ooh. sign is Pisces and my uh, rising sign is Aries. Ooh. Oh, that, that, I can't wait to hear what Karen has to say. I miss, I miss, so the, so the sun is in Pisces. Is that what I heard? Yes. Okay. And, and your rising is Aries. Mm-hmm. Okay. But do you know your do you know your moon sign? I believe it's Capricorn. Okay. Yeah, that, that's okay. a lot for right now. <laughs> okay. So have you have you been an advocate for yourself in your relationship so far in your life? Not really. That's what I'm learning to do. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so maybe there's something about. Um, so I feel like I feel like you you could be. I feel like there's like a compassion that you would have, where you could kind of go with the flow and understand other people in a really deep way, that kind of makes you an amazing empath. But there's also this part of you that needs to be the architect of your own life and kind of move forward with things. So maybe finding ways where you get boundaries to allow you to have the adventures or the achievements that you're kind of secretly craving, but maybe not going after in a more aggressive way. Would that make sense to you? Uh, yes, because that's exactly what I am working on. Yay. Oh. And you, you know, what's going to be challenging is that you're finally going to start to tell people how you feel. And I'm sure you already have. And when you, when you're too nice, you tend to attract people who aren't going to appreciate your, you know, expression of yourself like they're going to be unhappy and and i think that's a good sign for you like if you're making your friends and family uncomfortable it's it's not a bad thing they may not like it but it means you're on the right track would would you agree with that karen that that would be a heck yeah (laughs) he's talking about is authentically being ourselves and that that doesn't always that can sometimes rock the boat which can be uncomfortable right yeah yeah yeah. So, so don't be upset and you might have some movement of friends, which is not a bad thing either. When people have been too nice in their life and too accommodating, and then you finally go, wait a minute, what about me? Those people that you've attracted don't always want to share or give back to the level that you deserve. And that's okay. If they start to vanish and disappear and new incredible people start to walk in. Well, um, it's interesting in uh, my life, I've been told that I've been selfish, that I'm selfish at the times I've spoken up for what I want. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I've always been accommodating and they, 
these people don't realize I have been accommodating. So when I've spoken up and said, oh, this is what I want, oh, you're being selfish. Well, here's how I look at it. When people say those things to you, they're just telling you, please be selfish. These people are not the right people for you. They're not your confidants. They're not going to be your supporters, most likely. And and they're they're uncomfortable with you all of a sudden wanting things for yourself because they loved it when you were giving everything to them. And they're really talking about themselves. They are the ones who are selfish. And they're actually helping you subconsciously to become more selfish too. Because healthy selfishness is excellent. It's a, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Stephen Forrest calls it enlightened selfishness. Cause it's like, you know, like people just, cause you're, you would do it in a way that is self-actualization because as a, as a rising sign in Aries, you're really here to be courageous, to do the things that make you feel scared, to be the hero in your own life. So that may not float everybody's boat, you know, so permission for you to be seen, to be a little bit louder, to kind of have fun, you you may not have, tact is something we always have to work with with fire signs, you know, like we kind of just say things, you know, but but you have a sweet, sweet heart. And so I, I totally agree with Marie, like you gotta be you, you gotta love you first. And as you love yourself and you make the, cause those people weren't even appreciating you. You did all yeah. those things and even say, thank you. So. <laughs> well said, Karen, we hope that is very helpful for you. Thank you for, thank you for calling on to the show. We're going to go to our next caller so we can get as many people in in the limited time we have happy eclipse. All right. Yeah. Thanks Myra for calling in. And we'll take now Colin who's calling in from Oakland, California. Hi Colin. Hey Benny. Hey Marie. Hey Karen. What can we do for you? So I have been, um, I've called a couple times about this and it's been just like this ongoing thing with my sleep and my health for the last, uh, and my energy for the last like seven years. And I just got blood work done and I have super low, I have it. I'm seeing a Chinese like uh, medicine doctor and she doesn't know what to do with this. She told me to go see an MD with this blood work um, or somebody that's better at blood work, I guess. So she, so I have really, really low white blood cell count. It's a three. And, um, I also have high, really high monocytes. So she says I have blood deficiency and, uh, I also tested positive for anti-nuclear antibodies. So like autoimmune, but she said that can be false positive sometimes. So anyway, I don't know if you have any I mean, it's been well, a while. You're, you're calling at a great time. We have an ER doctor here. You know? Okay, but yeah. Go ahead, Karen, please. Do you know your red blood cell count and your platelet count? My white blood cell count is three. And my, would you say my, my platelet? The red, the red, it's RBC, red blood cell? Red blood cell is 4.73. Okay, that's like borderline low, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. What about platelet? Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think we have platelets on here. I don't see anything. Okay. Okay. Cause, cause you want to look at the white blood cells in context of like the hemogram It's like the white blood cells or red blood cells. And they have the indices, like your, your, your mean, you know, the, the how big the cell is, Lots of factors. how pigmented it is, all that kind of stuff. So, so if the monocytes are high and your white count is low, there's a couple of things they should probably check. Cause, because sometimes if you have like a virus or something like that going on, it can kind of mess with your white count, make it a little bit immune suppressed, a little bit lower on that. Now, positive antibody, um, ANA antibody, um, that can that can be affected by a lot of different things. So once you jump down the rabbit hole of a positive ANA titer, there's all these other tests you need to look at. And if you're having sleep and general health issues, sometimes autoimmune things can be very vague like that, right? So I think it'd be reasonable to check, especially if it's been seven years, something very chronic is going on, right? So, um, so I would, I would, I would consider looking at the overall bone marrow health, and if it's if it's something that's like slowly been suppressing your your white blood cell count, there's other things they can test for that. And then there's also um, the the autoimmune workup, where they look at other things to see to get more of um, like a like a, like right now you have this huge spotlight. You need a pen light that's very direct to see what exactly it's going to be. So there's a lot of tests they need to do to figure out why that ANA antibody is positive. So the answer yeah. is yes, you should go to a conventional physician and have your blood looked at more under the microscope on an energetic level. And then I can't wait to hear what your signs are so Karen can look at this. 
I'm curious about where your Saturn is right now. Um, so on the energetic level, anything to do with the blood is about childhood. It's, it's a, you know, everything to do with your blood because the root chakra actually um, is responsible for the bone marrow and all the properties mm. in your blood. It's not responsible for the flow of blood in the body. That's the fourth chakra, but the root chakra is all about your blood levels, everything that you just described. So making sure, even if you think your childhood was amazing, which I hope everybody feels that way, um, making sure that you are creating a different family dynamic in your head and you're making sure you're getting love from different parents in different ways and having different outcomes that could greatly affect your bone marrow and a positive light and help these factors within your blood to rise to their appropriate levels and numbers or repress that one um, immune factor that you were talking about. But so what is your, uh, your signs? Do you mind telling us? Yeah, I'm a Gemini with, uh, looks like I just looked up uh, moon in Virgo. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So, so Gemini sun, moon in Virgo, do you know your rising? Uh, ascendant says rising says Virgo as well. So this is Sun Ooh, Gemini. Oh, wow. Virgo. Okay. Virgo, yeah. Okay. Wow. So are you kind of, <laughs> you kind of like, do you kind of feel like anxious sometimes or like, um, like Antinor Pansy? Cause, cause those are three mutable signs. So Gemini is mutable and you got two Virgos, right? And so Virgo, yeah. I mean, that's like small intestine. That's like, that's like, so the Virgo is uh, discernment, discrimination. And so that's what the small intestine does is it takes nutrients out and it applies it to the body and stuff like that. Um, I'm taking a medical astrology class. It's so fun. It's so interesting. Hey. <laughs> oh, so there might be something about your absorption to things. Like, are you, if you've been worrying about things because of this mind gut access to, so in addition to the bone marrow things, what about your gut? Uh, my gut, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It feels fine-ish, I guess. I mean, it's not perfect for sure. Um, okay. Well, actually, you're hitting on something really cool, Karen, because they are there's neurotransmitters in your brain, and then there's similar neurotransmitters in your gut. So how you think affects your gut. And, and the intestinal tract is really the cornerstone of our immune system for all of us, right? It, because that's where we absorb nutrients. That's where we release toxins. So I would spend a lot of time being incredibly loving to yourself, like incredibly Virgos. Mm -hmm. I have a Virgo moon, so I can relate to this. We can be critical. We're hard on ourselves. You know, it's yeah. just part of the aspect of, of Virgo and we're learning to not react to ourselves in that way and to give ourselves a break and, and be kind to ourselves. So if you could be super, 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 super loving to yourself right now, especially before you go in for more, uh, you know, spotlight, looking at your lab values that could go a long way to getting this result quickly. And one last thing I want to throw in is vagus nerve stuff. So I want you to look up like vagus nerve meditations or something about that. So you're working on your parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system balancing because the vagus nerve is, is big with Virgo and Gemini because you because you're kind of like you could be very heady too right so it's kind of like so using something about your breathing and and focusing on that restorative thing like that rest digest thing where you can kind of like maybe there's something that's you need to process a little bit more that's kind of bothering you or something like that great idea mm. I love that idea and so we're going to be sending you tons of light and positive energy um, for all the good outcomes in the future. For Great. You. Thank you. And just to Thank clarify, so the, as far as the family dynamic thing goes, that's like creating a, I don't know if I fully understand that. Yeah, of course. I said that really quickly. Um, so if you could, in your mind, um, imagine a new family. Uh, so parents in particular, they could even look like orbs of light and, and they are just incredibly nurturing and loving and adoring to you. And, and if you have any memories of things that you wish had been different when you were a kid, allow them to be different in this new family dynamic. That could be extremely healing for your blood. Mm, okay. 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 Great. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah. Thank you all. All righty. Bye-bye. All right. Should we have time for maybe one more? Yeah, let's okay, go for let's it. Do it. We'll take now Gina calling in from the Boston area. Hi, Gina. Welcome to the show. Hi. Um, it's great to be here. Hi, Gina. What can we do for you? Um, um, well, I'm intrigued by the conversation, and um, I just feel like a lot of change is happening for me, but I can't see everything. You know, and, uh, and sometimes that's a good thing. 
but I went back <laughs> to work after having taken the pause, and now I'm looking at um, how I might have some changes coming up in career um, and home and what those might be. And I am a, my son is in sport. Oh, can you repeat we that one more time? I can hear you. Oh, looks like Gina's having some issues with her phone. Gina, did I lose you? Are you still with me? Okay, so uh, let's do this. We'll put her back on hold. Yeah, let's and, go to the next person and we'll okay. hopefully get back. We'll answer as quickly as we can and get back to her, hopefully. Sure. All right. Let's always be on this show. is so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing it a long time. Yeah, a All long right. time. We'll take uh, Hong, who's calling in from Portland. Hi, Hong. Hi, Benny. Hi, Marie. Hi, Karen. Hello. What can we do for you? Um, yeah, I would like to um, ask, what do I need to focus on? And um, my birth sign is um, Taurus, and my rising is Leo. I don't know my um, moon sign, though. Okay. Okay. So, um, so Taurus and Leo are both fixed signs. Um, and so... So there's, there's something about you, maybe, maybe you don't love change. I mean, that's so how are how are you with change in general? Is that something that you can kind of embrace or is it something that's kind of, kind of scary to you or something that's tougher to navigate? Uh, it's tough to navigate. I really want change, but I'm also afraid of change. <laughs> well, yeah. Because with your with your rising sign in Leo, um, you're here to be seen in some special, beautiful way. You're here to shine. A rising and you have a great physical constitution, by the way. Rising sign Leos, they have great physical constitution, so that's a blessing. And so I feel like you're a hard worker. So I feel like if you put yourself, maybe maybe there's maybe it's hard to focus because you you're not really sure what you want to create in the world just yet. So one of the ways you can get to that with your Leo rising is do what you love like remember when you were a kid or you watch kids play in the playground they're in there they're like you know harry potter casting spells and they're like <laughs> rolling around in the grass or like yeah eating. like they're having fun so what is it in your life i feel like you should focus on in your life though it gives you that same feeling of i just lost two hours what the hell i had so much fun let's do it again <laughs> i think that is exceptional I excellent advice by the way Okay. Um, I, I tend to um, read books and that's too much in my head. So yeah. That... No, you need to be physical, I think, more physical, especially with that Leo rising. You have a lot of energy. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, I have a Leo rising. I love chasing the grandkids. I mean, like that has like given me so much more energy, so much more play. So if you live in a neighborhood with children, maybe they'll let you play hide and go seek with them. <laughs> or go bike riding in the park, you know, or go down a slide or swing on a swing, like go have that abandoned childhood play so that you can get an awareness of what it is you're supposed to be putting your energy on because Karen is exactly correct. There's a stage for you in some way, shape or form, and you're meant to be present on it. Okay. 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 Well, thank you, thank so, you much. so much. We're going to go ahead and try to get our, our person that we lost. Yep. Gina's so, back. Gina, are you with us? Right. I am. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Gina, you're going to have to go fast. Tell okay, us your situation so, um, quickly. Um, feeling a lot of changes in career and home. Um, I'm a Taurus sun sign. My moon is in Capricorn and my rising sign is Sagittarius. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Into what's happening with all this eclipse energy. Okay. Karen has a lot of Sag in her chart, so uh, she can... A lot of fire in general. <laughs> yeah. Both sad risings, right? That's so Ooh. cool. Um, so career and home. So like, so part of you, I mean, so, so the Taurian energy likes peace, stability, routine, right? And then there's a part of you that's like the Sag that just wants to go and have fun, explore, expand, kind of be a little irresponsible and travel and have fun and the wisdom speaker, right? But then your Capricorn moon can be very hardworking and industrious and serious and you know, focus kind of a thing. So, so what is it that you're doing right now as your career? So right now I um, went back to work after a, a few years off. And so I started in a marketing uh, role and I'm feeling kind of limited. Um, so I'm thinking I want something that um, with my experience can put me in a mission driven organization, something where I feel like I'm contributing and really sort of, you know, interacting and collaborating with folks. So that's what I'm 
working towards. Yeah, so mission is like what makes you happy. Like your moon is in a sign that's so industrious, so hardworking. You can just climb that mountain, right? But then you need to expand. You can't be put in a box with that sad rising. So, so maybe finding ways that, you know, maybe, maybe you need to travel as part of your job or like maybe there's some sort of cultural experience that you can do with this. Or maybe there's like a higher level educational class you want to take to like um, get some super special skill that'll make you even more um, expansive in your your workings with people so something like that yeah all right and it sounds like I'm feeling that same thing so that that's good so I just have one question what about owning her own company oh heck yeah right I mean with all of those planets the, the, an organization you know how to do stuff could, could you have could you create the mission yourself and your own organization and go out in the world and make the change that you want instead of waiting for the slow clug of a you know a bigger company that has a whole bunch of employees and have to follow rules right like i think that would be amazing i love it i like uh, i like all your encouragement and uh um if the if the planets support it then um i should follow that love it good yeah that's heart support so if your heart's like do it or die ride or die because that's sad just like i just gotta have fun i gotta be confidence is the willingness to try so i guess we have to try you know courage yes i gotta be right behind it too i agree Um, thank you so much i'm glad i was able to um circle back um thank you thank you You're welcome. And thank you, Karen, so much for coming on the show today, all the way from Indiana and bringing us your medical knowledge, your astrology knowledge, and all the wisdom that you are expanding into. We're grateful for um, for you being on the planet. And thank you to all of our callers and everybody who's listening. We so appreciate you. And thank you for your your, um, courage to ask your questions on the air because they do help other people who are not calling in at the moment or can't get through the busy phone lines. We wish everyone a very successful and happy eclipse season and this very end access of 2023 and uh, joyful blessings. Bye-bye for now. 